Ben Jawalski, what's going on? Another Monday, another podcast, or Tuesday, depending on when you're listening to this. But well, it's Monday for us. Monday for us. Tuesday. You're in the anyone who's listening to this is technically in the future. How cool is that? Wow. This is like I feel like I'm watching the Avengers all of a sudden. <laughs> it's a, it's funny because the last two, I read a lot of books, and the last couple of books that I've read haven't been the normal self-development, per, you know, professional, whatever books. They've all been like sci-fi thrillers. And my last two books were by the same author, and both of them involved some sort of time reality, like time travel or like reality shift multivert. It was phenomenal and so fascinating. So now I, I think about it all the time. You know, are there alternate versions of us somewhere else in some alter, alternate dimension? There's zero chance there's more than one of me. There's just no way. No, no, not, there's no way. I don't know. I love that shit. I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm such a nerd. Like all the Marvel stuff and DC and particularly all the new stuff, you know, it's it's ever since Avengers. Just love it. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, I just have to wonder like in some, you know, like each decision that we make creates an entire branch of decision-making and like it totally alters our life. And you have to wonder like, what would it have looked like if you made one slight decision in the opposite direction and what would your life look like you know we could be i could lift i could snatch over 300 pounds you know if i made different decisions that's Dude, the way i i think of that I, shit in my, in my multiverse time. i lift more weight than i do now i think of that stuff all the time i was thinking about it over the weekend i had um i had this terrible workout at uh, chagrin falls crossfit it's one of those workouts that was so bad ben when i posted it in my story people were messaging me going oh that's a terrible partner workout i'm like oh no 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 it was not a, uh, it was not a partner workout, you know? And, um, anyway, I think all the time to myself that, um, what if I'd started in my twenties, what would my life be like? Like, wh- where would I be now? You know? And, and then I started going to that, your point of like the branch thing, like mm. what if I hadn't tried to learn bar muscle ups all in one day and blown my shoulder out that one season, mm. You know, like you think of like all the kind of the dumb things you've done over a decade of fitness. And if you'd made one different decision here or a smarter decision here or there, would you be better off now? It's kind of what I wanted to talk about tonight. So that was unplanned, but it's just interesting to like think about what could have been, you know, and then to start planning for the future as you get older. Like I was thinking in the car the other day, I'm, you know, I'm 51 and I'm sitting there going, well, what do I want to, what do I want my fitness to be at 61? Mm. Like I've never pondered that before because 61 always seemed like the crypt keeper to me, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden it's, you know, it's not that far off, but 10 years is a long freaking time. What can you get done in 10 years? Like that's a real, it's a real, you know, can you control your own future? that way or do you control your own future or is it just all left to chance am i going to do some other dumb shit six months from now and blow my shoulder out again like it's just so i want to talk about some of that tonight but before we get into all of that before um, we get into time travel before we get into time travel did you see that you can rebranded uh no but uh, then again i don't go on social media very much anymore <laughs> what well, happened well, no, we didn't really, uh, we haven't really talked about it and they just shot me an email on it. So they, in uh, superstars, you know, it's what we've been calling it, but they're, they've got a new name for the formula, which is uh, now called live steady, which I like better for whatever mm. that's worth. Um, dude, I have been 
pounding the granola. They sent me this vanilla granola and I've been putting it in my Greek yogurt before my workouts. The granola is so tasty. Oh my God. It's so good. Like it's like candy. That's the problem with it. It tastes so good. I won't eat more than I know I need. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm like, I, I still doing all the weighing and measuring. I know exactly how much needs to go into my granola to like, kind of get me through the workout. I'm like, but it's so good. I want to do two scoops or three yeah, scoops. Well, and you know that if you use two scoops or three scoops, you're just making yourself, you know, less carbs in the future, which obviously is a miserable existence. So it's a, it's, that's a delicate balance, man. It's, you gotta, you gotta use your carbs wisely. So using them on the granola is a wise choice for me. I've, I uh, did a little bit of Oreo carbs last night and a little bit of ice cream carbs the night before. But uh, from a performance perspective, the the granola is not not super starch, lives steady. So it's it's no longer super starch. It's live steady, but still you can. Dude, it's become it's a staple right now in my diet. The granola is like it was my breakfast this morning before I went to work because I knew it was going to be a while before I had lunch. I'll take it before I, I do a long workout. I'm usually at this point, I'm hitting it a couple of times a day and I've just worked it into my normal nutrition planning and it's great. It's perfect. And and it tastes good, which is most important to me. Uh, And if anybody wants to save money, you can use our code scale and save 20%. Go to youcan.co. But uh, I know it was a little commercial, but stuff's great, dude. So good. No, it's believe me. I, I have a little stash of it at my house. And uh, like I said, I use it for mountain biking, especially all the time. I love the little bars. Um, yeah, I take it to the pickleball courts, you know, when I need a quick pick me up in the middle of my four hour sessions. Uh, yeah, we have, it's, I, I love it. I'm not, I wouldn't say that if I didn't actually enjoy the product, I, I don't I, really promote any products myself, <laughs> but like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it if I didn't actually really love the taste of it. Well, I messaged my boy, Scott over at UCAN. I'm like, Hey, I'm out of stuff. Can you send me some more granola? And he sent me four bags. I'm like, I love you, bro. He's, He's like your drug dealer. Yeah, he is. He's absolutely like my drug He's dealer. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, speaking of pickleball, since you brought it up, uh, this is not sponsored, but Fit Aid on April Fool's Day did this whole pickle aid April Fool's joke. And it was all about pickleball and had this huge pickle playing pickleball. Did you see these ads at all? No, but someone messaged that to me and I didn't click on it because, you know, I just don't click on things a lot of times. But now it all makes sense. It was a pickleball. I just thought it was like pickle juice, but it's probably pickle juice combined with pickleball. That's yeah. incredible. And I need to go look at that. And a giant and pickle playing pickleball was like completely unnerving for some reason. Like, I don't know what it was. Just something about this giant pickle with a racket just had me totally unnerved on, on <laughs> April Fool's Day. Honestly, it it's a good weird. business decision if they did go down that route because pickleball is the fastest growing sport in the entire world. And I think it's a good business idea. Hashtag pickle prep. <laughs> pickle aid. Well, here's the funny thing. So I, I've interviewed Aaron, who's the owner of Fit Aid, yeah. a couple of times. And he's a great dude. Like just, And a great and, DJ. Yes, he is. Again, this is unsponsored. So I'm just like kind of riffing here. But um, yeah, the very first interview I had with them... God, this would have been, it was when I first started the original podcast and I had a different host. It wasn't even Nikki at the time. And we were out in Santa Cruz. So we're at the Fit Aid uh, or Life Aid headquarters, you know, and it's a kick-ass headquarters, dude. I know you have an awesome studio and like you've set up your life, you know, dude's got, it looks good. Oh, dude. He's got a full bar. He's got a full gym. All right. Like it's bad. I get a, like a deck overlooking Santa Cruz. It's, it's awesome. Nice. Anyway, 
So we're podcasting there and I'm asking him, you know, how this whole thing started and, you know, all the different brands he's made. And he starts telling me about the brands that they've trademarked, but haven't actually sold. And one of them was called boner aid because they thought at some point, (laughs) you can't even make this up because they thought at some point they might do some sort of drink for ED, you know, that is outstanding. I'm like, that's how, you know, forward. And so he trademarked it. So he owns the trademark for boner aid, which I think is amazing. That's a, that's a multi-million dollar idea right there for sure. Oh, dude. I mean, I own a lot of focus aid, but I might have to change my subscription, I guess. Uh, I know you can't even make this up. Like, I have no other commentary, <laughs> That's but that's pretty awesome. I'm actually going to, on a business, uh, I, I just wrote a note that I need to text him about it. Uh, but he, I'm joining a business mastermind group and they have a trip to Croatia that's happening that I'm officially going on this summer and I'm texting Aaron to see if he's going to be there. So nice. So I can talk to him about boner aid. Dude, I've, uh, I've known several people from Croatia and that is a gorgeous country. Yeah. I'm excited. It's going to be great. We have a big Croatian community here in Cleveland and, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. They make this drink called Slavo or Suevo, something it's got its weird pronunciation that I can't pronounce, but it's basically like bathtub vodka, <laughs> you know, like they make their own booze. And yeah. they just, oh my God, they they just rave about it. They just get hammered on this homemade alcohol. It's like moonshine. It's great. It's good stuff. Sounds All right, terrible. Let's, let's talk about uh let's talk about different universes and uh the multiverse. I was thinking today uh, about my two biggest problems. So I thought we'd talk about it. I am, I have two issues right now, Ben. I'm overtraining and I'm obsessing. Mm, Those talk are, to me. Oh, uh, there's a bad place to be. So I thought we'd talk about, let's start by talking about overtraining. Like I'm struggling right now to take rest days. I know that I know that's bad, but I can't talk myself out of it. How do you talk yourself into rest days? Hmm. Oddly enough, that's never been much of an issue for me, but I think that's because my goals have changed. So back in the day, man, rest days kind of came out of necessity just because I was training with such high volume, my body would let me know when I needed to take a rest day. Um, do you, I guess my question for you is like, do you have any signs, whether it's from like, your wearable tech saying like, Hey, your resting heart rate's really high and your HRV is really low. Do you have any signs, uh, whether it's data or signs physically that like, Hey, I'm like, I am deteriorating. I'm not recovering enough. Well, at my age, Ben, you just never, other than the normal, you know, old person card. No, like, you know, of course I'm, I'm using the Garmin now, not the whoop. So my dad is a little different than what you look at. Mm -hmm. Um, so instead of strain, I have body battery. body battery and it's a little low. I mean, it's a little, my resting heart rate is still terrific. I have a resting heart rate of 42, which I think is pretty good. My wearable tech would be like, are you dead? <laughs> I'm always in the forties, like yeah. uh, anywhere from 42 is low for me, <laughs> a little low for me, but um, I'm usually like 42 to 47, 49, like somewhere mm. in there. The body battery thing, though, like right now, as an example, I'm at 41 out of 100, and it's okay. 7 p.m. here. So that's, I don't think that's horrible. Um, 
but I don't, you know, just kind of looking over the course of the day, I, I wasn't much higher than that to start the day. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm, what sucks about the body battery data is they don't really tell you where it comes from, which is frustrating. Right. So I wouldn't, let's not read too much into that. Um, mainly if, if you notice your resting heart rate climbing, like, you know, let's say you're normally in the low forties, which is insane. Uh, but let's say you're normally in the low forties and then you, you know, under the same circumstances, sleeping at the same altitude, um, sleeping in your bed, yada, yada. Uh, you see that start to creep up. That's a great sign. Like, Hey, your heart is like kind of telling you that you're, you're lacking recovery. Um, I would, so I guess barring like the, the wearable tech data, I would ask like, how are you feeling other than like your normal amount of, you know, quote unquote age soreness? Um, do you feel more banged up or less banged up than previously? So here's the funny thing. I'm not banged up at all. Mm -hmm. I'm not excessively sore. I'm not creaky. I'm just tired. Like that's really like the, probably the better way to describe it. I'm doing a really good job of scaling the workouts. Like, you know, I mentioned that hard workout I did on Sunday. It was really hard. It was about 33 minutes or so. And Mm. it was uh, a lot of pushing and pulling and lifting and a barbell involved and, you know, some body weight stuff. And, and it was tough, you know? Um, but I did a nice job of, I think of scaling the weight and keeping it within, you know, what I'm able to do. And I continue to do that. So I like, I don't have a problem with doing that. I'm just not taking days off. Right. So that's probably helping you like volume mitigation and like volume management, I guess is the right terminology is preventing you from getting to the point of where you're like totally trashed and you're like, my body demands a rest day. That's where I used to train at. I used to train at a super high level and I would be so beat up after Wednesday, Wednesday session that if I didn't rest on Thursday, like I would just like feel like imminent disaster was looming. You're doing a good job. It seems like with volume management, however, still having true full rest days is going to be better for you in the long run. And I guess the, the main thing that you need to internalize, if it's not your body telling you that you need to slow down and stop, if you like feel pretty good, you're just a little tired. It's more of like internalizing the idea that the only way that you get stronger and fitter is during recovery. And that's something we kind of stress about in our recovery course. And, you know, we've had Justine and, and uh, CJ on the podcast a couple of times. <clears throat> a lot of people think you get fitter in the gym. Well, you actually get less fit in the gym because what you do is you're, you're breaking down, like you enter the gym. And then when you leave the gym, chances are at that time of leaving the gym, you are weaker and less able to do you know, cardio and do hard things than you were when you entered the gym. That's called being really freaking tired, right? So you've depleted your reserves. You've broken down muscles. You are actually less fit at the time you walk out of that gym or walk out of your basement in your, you know, your instance, right? The only way that you become fitter is by allowing for adequate recovery time so that your body repairs and recovers slightly better than the last time you went into that gym. So for a lot of people, and I mean, for almost everyone, 24 hours or less is not enough to complete that full cycle of recovery. It's plenty for the normal efforts that we're doing, but 
at least once a week, we need to have like a full blown, complete recovery session for our, our muscles, our you know body to fully repair itself so that we can get fitter. So maybe for you, it's this weird treadmill of like, you're not wanting to take a rest day because you're in such a groove, you're loving it, you're addicted to the feeling of, of, of training. However, if you have any goals to actually like get fitter or even maintain the fitness, but especially if you have goals that are like, Hey, I want to be better now in, in three or four years, or I want to be better in three or four years than I am right now. The only way that's going to happen is if you are allowing yourself to actually achieve that full cycle of recovery, which for most human beings that aren't taking performance enhancing drugs, uh, that's going to be over 24 hours. That's going to be like a, like a full, probably two day, basically one full day of rest ultimately turns into about 48 hours of rest. If you're working out at the same time, uh, every day. So that, that, that might be what you need to internalize is, is actually like believing in the fact that the only recovery, the only, uh, fitness gains occur when you are in a state of recovery. Maybe I need a goal. Oh, that could help too. (laughs) Well, I know. I'm I'm not making a joke. I don't really have a goal right now other than just to, you know, have good quality of life to be fit. Like I'm not working toward a competition. I'm not working toward the open. I'm not, you know, like some people right now are working toward Murph. Like I'm not really working toward anything. Sure. Other than I'm just trying to stay constantly varied and right. do hard shit. Like that. you have more of a, you have more of like a process goal, which for you is like right now. It seems like your your process goal is train every day. Yeah, that's um, it. That's that is exactly my goal every day. Do something. Like uh-huh. today was a 25 minute assault bite or a, a 25 minute called a tread workout. I'm on this beta test for assault fitness for the mm-hmm. treadmill for their assault runner. Thank God. I'm not on the beta test for that. It, sounds terrible. it was good. I liked it. It was 25 minutes of running, you know, which I haven't done in a long time. And, mm-hmm. and because I'm at a lighter body weight, I'm like 20 minutes in going, shit, this isn't that hard. Okay. Like, not so bad. But then afterwards I was just wiped out, mm-hmm. you know, and surprised at how tired I was, you know, and that's right. what made me start thinking. I'm like, well, maybe I'm, overtraining because I shouldn't be wiped out over what essentially is a three mile run. Sure. You know, yeah. Like if you're feeling, I was going to say like, man, if you're like, if your heart rate's staying nice and low in terms of resting heart rate in the morning, if you're not feeling banged up and you feel energetic, then it's like kind of keep doing what you're doing. Chances are you're naturally putting some sort of, you know, pseudo rest day in there. Even if you're technically exercising, there's probably still some good volume management where like maybe one day is a lower volume day or a low impact day. But if you are feeling more and more tired, that is a signal that like something, something is, is strange there. And what it might be worth doing is rather than just being like, all right, I need like, I'm, I'm messing this up. I need to rest more. And then automatically being like, I'm going to rest two days a week for the rest of my life. Maybe just allow yourself to experiment. Like, what would it feel like for you to take Sunday off, um, and then maybe journal or or record like how do your workouts go on that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday following that full blown rest day? You know, like does your body respond better? Do you feel more energetic? Are you able to connect that to better work performance? If it checks all those boxes, then you're going to be incentivized to rest because you're going to be like, aha, I remember how good I felt after that rest day. But if you don't see any improvement from resting, then you might not need to. Like maybe your volume is such that 
you're able to train more consistently and and do and your body responds well to it. Right. But if that tired keeps popping up and you're and you're feeling like kind of burnt out and and you know you have these signals that that something is maybe being overtrained, then then test a rest day. I mean, all we can do right. is experiment and see how our body feels. If taking a rest day drives you insane mentally, then maybe it's not what you should do. But that then you need to go work with Don on trying to figure out what are your goals and and reframe what a rest day means to you. Because for some people, and I, I was there, I remember it, a rest day for some people, especially in the CrossFit space, feels like a failure. They're like, a rest day is a day when I'm failing and others are getting ahead of me. And that, that's so, so far from the truth. But it kind of comes from this like old school, rich froning, old school CrossFit mentality, which is like rest days. I don't take rest days. Right. When it's kind of like, the human body needs to take rest days and even the most high performing athletes in the entire world across all domains take rest days, even when they're taking steroids. So the <laughs> fact that, you know, when we're not taking steroids, there's a whole other layer of like our body needs rest. Right. So. Where can I get some steroids? I, um, well, there's a lot of doctors that prescribe them pretty freely. Um, and yeah, at your age, you could probably get them pretty easily. I probably could get it pretty easily. I don't have any interest in that. You I, can't uh, do that, though, because then our ab off uh, during the CrossFit Games will be farly skewed in, <laughs> to your advantage. Well, so that's, you know, maybe that's part of my other two problems that come with this, too, is that, uh, you know, I've changed my training regimen. I started doing hard work pays off for the last, I'm going on week three. And so that's a much different training regimen and my nutrition is continuing to change and evolve. And sure. so I'm not quite sure I'm eating enough to keep up with the volume of work I'm doing. Mm. And that's so, going to, that'll eventually catch up to you in a big way. It's starting to catch up with me. Okay. And that's, that's probably another aspect of the, the tiredness is just simply fuel. I have increased the tequila intake. So that helps. Uh-oh. What happened? In, what happened to being dry? I was never dry, Ben. Never Wait, is that dry. is that a is that tequila? Yeah, well, yeah. That's a is that not a like three shots of tequila? Four? No, there's a lot of ice and melted water in there. It's fine. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's Ben. It's Monday. Come on. <laughs> um, no, no, I I don't think I'm eating enough uh mm -hmm. considering the added volume like so this hard work pays off stuff is a lot of extra squatting that i'm not used to doing oh yeah that'll trash your central in a good way like that'll really tax your central nervous system which is kind of weird for me because i you know i know i should know better but it's like it doesn't it's hard but it's not like doing a metcon like you don't leave a a squatting session going oh my god i'm so wrecked usually mm. you know you you're leaving your legs are a little jelly like but you know it's not the same you're not taxing your your lungs and Correct. your heart rate isn't spiking, you know? So, and so I, you know, looking back on it, I'm like, I bet I'm burning way more calories than I think I am. And I need to kick up the protein and the carbs. And yeah, that muscle you know. breakdown really does occur in those squat sessions. You know, like, I mean, I, I squatted pretty heavy on Saturday and, um, I can hardly walk today, like in a good way. It's like the right amount of soreness where I'm just like, man, I, I hit it hard, but the central nervous system response to a heavy squat or a heavy deadlift day is pretty significant too. So that like all those things, all these factors that we're hearing now in terms of like why you're feeling tired, it's starting to add up. Um, you could increase your calories, but that would be maybe a little antithetical to the physique goals that you have. So one thing that you can do is add an arrest day. 
um, and that potentially will help balance out this, you know, take you from a, a less tired or take you to a less tired state. And then another thing is, again, I, I wish the, the Garmin actually will let you track it, but like where you're going to see, um, like after a really, really heavy lifting day where you will tend to see a metric show you that you're not as recovered is your HRV. So like the day after that squatting day, I slept amazingly. However, I woke up with a pretty low HRV and that's my body signaling to me that like, Hey, your central nervous system, your heart, you know, your muscles are taxed. So here's a lower HRV. Um, and the way that I do that is I wear an aura ring. I don't even have the whoop anymore, but I wear an aura ring and that actually spits out the raw data. Or you can download an app on your Garmin and then take your HRV each morning and then start to measure it. But the body battery is kind of just like, mm -hmm. eh, you don't really know exactly what it's spitting out. But right. that would be an interesting thing to start tracking to see if if that is fluctuating down or up. Will the Garmin do it? The Garmin will do an HRV? It will. You have to install an app, though. What's the app? Um, I'll Give me a second. I'll look it up. But it's literally, if you just type in HRV into like the Garmin thing uh you can download it and i have it somewhere right now everyone's like these guys don't plan for this podcast at all and you are right we absolutely <laughs> do not but i know if we don't look it up right now i'm gonna get a bazillion dms from people going what's the app what is it yeah let me uh hrv garman here i got you let's see here ain't nothing coming up quick what the hell bro um it's a it's an it's an HRV app. I downloaded it. I just don't know what it is. But if you go to like the Garmin app, so like when you have a Garmin, you have the phone app, right? And in the phone app, it's like Garmin Connect. You can download widgets to install into your um into your watch. And is the widget is there it, it is. What is it? Hold on, found it. What's it called? I can't but see that. HRV stress. It's a HRV widget. HRV stress. Okay. It's Got a it. widget that I installed. And then what you do is you click on it and then you, I'm going to press it right now. I'm going to press start. And now it's asking me for a chest, <laughs> for a chest monitor, which is interesting because it didn't used to do that. Anyway, there's a way to measure HRV. I promise if you Google it, you can figure it out. Cause I used to do it with my Garmin, but now I just use my aura because it's easier and I don't have to sit there. Why'd you give months. up the Garmin? Um, I gave up the, or I didn't, I still wear the garment. I'm sorry. Time, but the, I used, uh, the whoop. Why'd you give up the whoop? Um, let's see what happened. Oh, I lost my charger. Mm. And then I was just like, I don't really use this thing anymore. And it, I get everything. I get activity tracking with my Garmin and I do sleep tracking and recovery tracking with my aura. I have everything I need and it's annoying to wear on this wrist. Mm. So I just, I just didn't renew it. What finger do you wear the aura ring on? Um, this one. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nice. For those at home listening, yeah, you can imagine listening. what finger I held up. It was yes. my pinky. Um, no, I, I flipped everybody off. Sorry. Sorry, children. Uh, I just wear it on my my ring finger on my right hand. Uh, that way no one thinks you're married. I like no that. longer my left hand. I still take it off during the day, though, because I don't want to confuse people in my videos. They might not know which hand it's on, you know. Never know when some hottie's going to be watching your videos. You don't, you don't want them sliding your DMs thinking you're married. I get it. I get it. Exactly, John. Exactly. I get it. All right. Well, I'll look up the HRV thing. I think that could help. I 
I definitely have to start looking more into the nutrition piece as my activities are changing. I mean, I'm, uh-huh. between doing this hard work pays off thing and now I'm doing the beta test for assault. It's like, I got a lot of stuff on my plate and I got to uh-huh. make sure I'm fueling right for those. But I also, I don't want to overtrain either. I mean, I like, I kind of want to overtrain, but I know I shouldn't, you know, does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Oh, um, wait, found it. This is the right one. Test HRV. Test HRV. That's yep. literally what it's called. Hold I on. figured it out. Hold on. And I'm going to, I'm going to measure the HRV and not move my left hand. And it's going to, it's going to do it while we're on this call. And I can get this on the Garmin connect. Is that where I have to look? Yes. Wherever you can install widgets into your, all right, I got three minutes. It's testing it. Uh, Wherever you can install widgets into your watch. That's where you do it. Okay. All right. Well, I'll figure that out uh, as long as I know it's in the Garmin. So that'll be fine. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. there it is. Heart monitor plus HRV. Look at you. You're very smart, Ben. I think there's a couple different ones. So I might want to do, might want to make sure it's the right one. But the testing HRV one is, or test HRV, seem, it's working right now, at least. Is it? Okay. Well, I'll figure it out one way or another. There are it looks some like require different. chest straps. Some just do it right off your wrist, which is probably a little bit less accurate. But I'm not messing with the chest yeah, strap. That's fine. that's fine. All right, here's my second problem. I'm obsessing right now about everything. Uh, yeah, clearly you're freaking geeking out about HRV. Stop it. I am, but I am obsessing over, <laughs> um, you know, the nutrition thing. I've been obsessing about that for a while. Now that I'm done with the 90 days and I'm on a, um, I'm on the maintenance plan but I'm still obsessing about meals coming up, um, what I'm tracking. I'm weighing myself too often. Like how do you break that cycle of like, like I think it's good to have goals and which I did and I've reached my goals, which is great too. But then once you get there, like there has to be a balance, I think of, of living your life and, and not, you know, spending all your minutes and time worried about, you know, weighing yourself three times a day or even twice a day. You know, honestly, Mm -hmm. I think the answer to that would like, the answer to that kind of stuff comes from therapy for me, because what my therapist has helped me realize is like, you have a certain set of values that you kind of have been in your life for a really long time. And there are times when you lean heavily into certain values and that might seem like an obsession. And once you're clear on like what the values are, there's going to be times where you're like really, really meeting certain values, but then you're always going to be leaving some values by the wayside. And what you have to do is like, it's like this ebb and flow from, you know, a certain set of four or five values to a couple other values that might be, you know, might be missed while you're obsessed with one thing. So the long story short is like, it might be worth really analyzing. Again, it's like almost like setting new goals where it's like, now that you've achieved the goal, did you actually achieve the goal that you wanted to do? And then what's your new goal or what's your new point of aim? Maybe because you enjoyed the last 90 days and you like you you now really value what it feels like to be extra cut. Um, all right, I got my HRV back. Cool. Um, you you know what it's like to feel extra cut. You like that discipline in your life. Like you you're putting a lot of value into it. 
there's nothing wrong with saying like, oh yeah, like this is, this is now a part of my value system. And this is, this is something that I really, really appreciate. I want to keep in my life for a long period of time, but if it's not serving you anymore and it's pulling away from other values that you might have, which for you might be like freedom or um, it might be, I don't know, like basically like easygoing. Like maybe you're like, man, I, I really, I feel good when I'm easygoing about my diet. This would obviously be in direct competition to that value set. So it's, it's all about like identify what you actually care about, realize that you're not always going to be able to meet everything in your life and then find a new point of aim of like, all right, for the next foreseeable future, am I okay being obsessed with my diet? And I'm, and am I going to like be okay with that about myself? If you're obsessing about your diet and then you also like feel really internally conflicted that you're doing that, then you just have, you're like, you're focusing on one value when another value is, is needing your attention. So that was a really, really shitty explanation that my therapist would have done a better (laughs) job about, but it's kind of, it's, I've just noticed that like, I kind of, I beat myself up when I'm uh, focused on, let's say I'm really, really focused on, on fun and hobbies, but I'm letting business suffer or I'm letting my fitness suffer. And I kind of like feel like all internally conflicted where like, I'm supposed to be really fit and training every day. And I'm supposed to be waking up at five to be an amazing entrepreneur and yada, yada, yada. I have to realize like, no, this season of my life post divorce and, you know, with these new hobbies that I'm really falling in love with, it is okay for me to dive fully into these hobbies and let my values of fitness and entrepreneurship or entrepreneurship, like fall by the wayside a little bit, knowing full well that there will be a point where I switch from hobbies back into really pouring myself with a new sense of vigor into my entrepreneurship and into my fitness, right? So it's like, it's all about like, as long as you're aware that you're letting something slide and you accept yourself for it, then you're going to feel a lot better about it. Mm-hmm. So if you, for you, a value is tequila drinking, right? Like if you feel internally conflicted that you're having a drink and it's not meeting your fitness rules, you just have to like understand like, all right, what am I valuing now? And what am I letting slide all the while knowing that eventually I will make that transition back to those, those values. I have no conflict on the tequila, but none. Okay. All right. Well, then never mind. Bad example. But and my, yeah, own, my only goal is to have better abs than you at the game. So that's my initial goal. Now I was just like, you know, I was just thinking about as I've been kind of planning my week, I don't think often these days about what I'm eating because I, I had just have a routine, you know, it's a mm-hmm. lot of chicken and rice and veggies, you know, and I, I meal prep it and I just grab what's in the fridge. So I don't, think and obsess about that. But then last night, the girls were here, both my daughters were here and they're not always here together. And my youngest was like, Hey, can we get pizza for dinner? And I never tell them no. Right. right. So I'm like, I'm like, sure, let's order a couple of pizzas. So I order a couple of small pizzas, one for each of them. And I have salad and chicken, mm-hmm. you know, and I'm sitting there thinking, why are, why am I not just pounding pizza with these teenagers, you know, mm-hmm. like, and instead of sitting here eating salad and chicken and feeling guilty, you know, that, that I'm not doing it. Um, yeah. and then I, you know, I, I, so I ate my salad and chicken and I had one slice of pizza and to be honest, it wasn't that good. Cause I haven't had pizza now in like 90 days. And I'm like, mm-hmm. not as good as I remembered, you know, it's just like really greasy. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I probably could have ordered better pizza for them, I guess. Yeah, but, I I disagree with that statement. But hey, it's technically an opinion. But come on, it's well, pizza. No, man. I mean, I could have ordered them better pizza. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I guess my point is, is um, but you know, I sat there and worried about that slice of pizza, you know. And I'm like, and when I did that, I'm like, all right, this is out of control. If I'm worried about one sure. freaking slice of pizza when I've been in a calorie deficit now for 90 days, right, right, like right. There's something wrong, and then and, and that's then, where. Yeah. That's where like, if you sat down and like, and again, like, you know, shout out to my therapist, Tim, you know, it's like, you, you feel conflicted. It's like, wait, why am I conflicted about this? What do I value more adherence to my diet and, and pursuing the passive path of leanness, or do I value, you know, this time I'm, you know, to break bread with my daughters more. And if the answer is to, you know, have fun with your daughters, you realize that like I can go fully into this and eat the pizza and feel fine knowing that I will go back to this value tomorrow when they're not here. And that's totally fine. Like all of a sudden you'll be like, Oh, I don't feel guilty about it anymore. But when you sit in the middle and you can't like specifically identify what's causing the confliction, and then you feel guilty about feeling guilty about it, which I just heard from you. It's like, now you're in this feedback loop from hell. It's like, you're not only guilty for eating the pizza, but you're feeling guilty that you're feeling guilty about the right. pizza. And then it's just, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's just a weird place to be. And you know, yeah. what I will say I did and what I would suggest to people, cause my nutrition coach uh, gave me this advice is like, Hey, if you break the diet or you cheat on the diet, which this was neither of those, he's, but I'm kind of sticking to his advice. He goes immediately get back on it. Yes. Meaning, um, you know, if you just go have a blowout meal, your next meal, go back to whatever your best meal is. If it's chicken and rice or, you know, oatmeal or whatever you're having hundred you know? percent, and, and just put it behind you. Like it didn't happen, you know, and, James and so that's Clear what talks I did. About that. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry. My, my internet glitched a little bit, but yeah, James clear talks about that in atomic habits where it's like, like one bad decision is to, like, it's perfectly acceptable and it happens just like all you have to do to get back on track is make your next decision good. So like if you have one bad meal, your whole goal is to not let it become two bad meals. Um, and then I know Andy Morgan talks about this a lot. He's my buddy who's a nutrition coach. He's like, it is physically impossible for you to eat enough calories in one sitting to completely derail your diet. Like it's like you could have 5,000 calories. And if in some crazy world, 3,500 of those turns directly into body fat, you would only gain one pound. Right. So it's like, right. you can't derail, like a lot of this, this, these big ebbs and flows come from holding water weight, but you're not yeah. actually going to gain that much. And there's very few people can eat even 5,000 calories in one sitting. Mm. So it's like, you can't derail it that much in one, in one, um, thing the thing that you can derail is your attitude and and like your mindset going into it so as long as you take this idea of like hey yeah i'm gonna let things go i'm gonna let loose and then the next meal i'm gonna pick right back up where i left off and not feel guilty about it then boom you're off to the races again you gonna charge me therapy time for all this i feel like it should my therapist i believe is 175 dollars an hour Jesus. Uh, but worth every penny or maybe it's 120 i don't remember but it's worth every penny. man 175 an hour yeah, what you gotta get rid stop doing banking, man. Get into therapy. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> That's yeah. where the money's at, is therapy, not the banks. Apparently. All right. Well, I mean memes. 
Yeah, there's definitely no money in memes. Trust me, there's no money in memes, but nothing, nothing at all. All right, what's what's next for you? What do you have going on? Anything coming up? I'm currently in uh, San Antonio, Texas. Uh, depending on when people are listening to this, I might already be gone, but I'm here for like a men's retreat slash uh, pest extermination. Uh, so we're doing hog hunts because I guess there's a lot of feral hogs in Texas. So uh, we're combining the two and I'm going to do some archery here and this men's retreat. And I think tomorrow morning I will be dropping into maybe mission CrossFit. Cause I posted on nice. Instagram and like three people messaged me and all of them suggest a mission CrossFit. And it's also a four minute drive from here. So I might, I uh, might run over there and see what happens. Let's circle back to the hog hunt. Are you hog hunting with your bow? Yes. You know, those things can kill you, right? That's why I'm in a tree stand. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. I was making sure like I live life on the edge, John. Mm. I have my, mean? I have my rattlesnake gators too. I got like these like knee high gators to prevent rattlesnakes from biting me. So that's cool. Well, yeah, I, I didn't really consider the rattlesnakes, but I'm sure there are plenty there. I look, I, I mean, I grew up in the deep South. I know enough about hog hunting to know that those things are mean as hell. Yes. Like, apparently. Literally, especially the feral ones, one of the meanest things you've ever been around. Apparently they're mean and they're pests and they cause all kinds of damage. So I am here to take care of it and hopefully come back with a lot of really good chorizo. And they have, they have tusks and yeah, they'll, yeah. they'll mess you up, dude. Stay in that tree stand until you're sure that thing's dead. Yeah. Well, you know, although I think we've established what kind of shot you are. How many things, how many deer did you kill this year? Or elk or. Uh, you're breaking up, John. Can't hear you. <laughs> Connection must be super bad in this hotel. <laughs> uh, that's what i that's what i thought well i'll be interested to hear these stories on the next one because uh yeah. it is always interesting to me i've yeah. i've never been hog hunting that was never a thing we hunted for in the south when i was a kid yeah i mean i figured hey better than going to the grocery store to to buy bacon from some poor animal that lived in you know whatever conditions it's like hey I, this is i'm gonna apparently get the world's greatest chorizo i guess is what they make out of it um and then some pork tenderloin. And it's, you know, it's an animal that actually lived a life and it, yeah, it turns out that it's like a, a really, really big pest. So it's, it's a win for everyone. I think maybe we'll, we'll find out. <laughs> All right. Well, I don't, I don't know if about hog hunting to tell you if that's true or not, but I'm interested to hear the stories when you're done. So it's very, yeah. very cool. Yeah. All right, dude, well, it's been fun. I appreciate the, uh, the advice. I'm not going to take any of it, but I appreciate it. It was good. Yeah. I know it's, it's interesting because you know, like, the only reason I even have any remote capacity to like answer kinds of questions like that is just because I did go to, and I have been going and even have my therapy session this morning with my therapist. And like, we just looked at what are, what are our values? And what's interesting is that Dawn and I, I mean, she was on the last episode, but Dawn and I talked a lot about establishing values as the best way to develop mental strength. Because once you understand what you value and the kind of person that you want to be, then it's very easy to make decisions. So like right. a lot of times if you're, if you're stuck in an impasse or, you know, you're like, I can't figure out what to do. It's like, just look back at your values and then it kind of becomes really clear on what you need to do. So anyway. Well, I think this overtraining and obsessing about training or obsessing about food or obsessing about CrossFit shoes or whatever people obsess about is very, very common in the sport. And so I would ask like anyone listening to this, if you want feedback, Shoot us a DM on the Instagram page, the Scale and Bell Instagram page, or you can send it to Make What's Great Again. Um, 
and we'll answer your questions and we'll talk about it. Like, as I think there are more things to obsess about more training issues that people have than we just covered here, but I think it's all pretty common. And I'd like, you know, maybe we get some sort of, we'll call it a group discussion as people send us questions and we'll just talk it out. How about that? Do it. I love it. Good stuff. All right, dude, we'll have a safe hunting trip and a good time down in Texas. And uh, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys joining us and we will chat with you soon.